Hello, everyone, and welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Jenna Konar, and you've tuned in to the show Volunteering At, where each episode focuses on another way to volunteer and make a difference in the world around you. Today, we're learning more about Best Friends Animal Society, an animal welfare organization that helped pioneer the no-kill movement. Best Friends also focuses on animal adoption and spaying and neutering and offers a variety of locally-based animal programs. To learn more about the great work this organization is doing, as well as how you can get involved, I'm speaking with Patty Hegwood, who is the Director of Visitor and Volunteer Engagement for Best Friends Animal Society. Thanks for joining me today, Patty. Well, thank you, Jenna. I'm excited to be here. And we're glad to have you. So do you want to start off by telling me just a little bit about your organization, Best Friends Animal Society? Oh, absolutely. Best Friends Animal Society is the only national animal welfare organization dedicated exclusively to ending the killing of dogs and cats in America's shelters. And as you said before, we are a leader in the no-kill movement. We run the nation's largest no-kill sanctuary for companion animals. And we do a lot of life-saving programs in partnership with rescue groups and shelters across the country. This year is really spectacular. It's our 30th anniversary. We were founded in 1984. And back then, animals were just being killed in epic proportions. I mean, it was up to 17 million animals per year that were being killed in our nation's shelters. And now, um, through all of The efforts of us and our no-kill partners out there, that number is now around 4 million. Of course, we're not satisfied with that. We won't be happy until it's zero. Mm -hmm. We build a lot of initiatives that we work uh, across the country, like uh, working with feral cat programs, and we don't even call them that anymore. It's community cat programming because those cats indeed do deserve to live in their community you know, there are enough homes for them all. We just got to get them into those homes. Yeah. So that's what, we're, that's what we're working towards, saving them all. So you had mentioned that you were founded in 1984. What was the story behind that? Who founded the organization and how did it come about? There was about 26, if I have my number correct, of like-minded individuals that came together and formed a friendship and a focus on this particular cause, my opinion, and based on, you know, I've been here now for nine years at Best Friends, and I have some very close relationships with some of the founders, and these guys really focused on kindness. That was the cornerstone of their operation, and one of the best ways to find that kindness and compassion is through working and helping animals. I don't know. It just all evolved from there. They were always taking in and sheltering animals, and then they realized what an effective impact that had on the people around them. I mean, who doesn't just melt when they're faced with a precious cat or dog or puppies, kittens? Mm-hmm. It really does bring out the best in people, and it does indeed soften, I think, that spot in your heart that speaks to your kindness. So it just started from there and they started bringing in animals and rescuing animals who were in dire straits or need of rescue and shelter. And then they found this fabulous place that we all call home. And that's the sanctuary in Southern Utah. We're in Kanab, Utah. 
we have about 3,800 acres and we have about, oh gosh, we have about eight different animal areas that you can come and volunteer at. And they're all fabulous state-of-the-art buildings. We're focused on really the care and that elevation of their individual needs, which creates really good volunteer experience for people who are wanting to experience different species of animals. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, what types of animals do you serve? I know people probably thinking the typical dog, cat. Are there others that you serve as well? Primarily, you know, we have dogs and cats here at the sanctuary, and then there's more. (laughs) We have a parrot garden, horse haven, a bunny house and rescue village, and then we have a piggy paradise and wild (laughs) friends. We run actually the the largest rehab within a 150-mile radius of where we sit. So we get raptors that have been hit by cars. We have an errant mink from the mink industry, somebody rescued. It's just an amazing collection of animals that prove to be extremely helpful in educating people on why it's important to take care of our wildlife resources. And beyond the sanctuary that you have in southern Utah, I'm guessing the organization has grown over the years. Where else in the country are you located? We have a location in Salt Lake City. and two in L.A., and then we have programming in New York City. So it sounds like it's an ever-evolving and growing type of organization. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the cornerstone also of our operation is collaboration. We want to work with and help enable rescue groups across the country to be able to do the life-saving work that, that we all do. And we issue grants. We also have network partners. I think there's about 1,007 network partners to date that uh, have signed up with our organization to help make change in their communities. And you had mentioned that you've been with the organization about nine years now. What is your role? Could you explain that to our listeners, what your day-to-day looks like? Sure. I'm originally from New Orleans. I met best friends during Hurricane Katrina when they were down there and they kept coming back and helping. And I thought, I really love these guys. And when I investigated further, I thought, wow, this is, this is the right organization for me. When I got here, I was the uh, hospital manager because I, had a, I was a lay business owner of a veterinary practice in okay. New Orleans. And so it seemed to be a natural fit. Well, then as I grew in the organization, became the animal care director for four years and then took on all the, the people aspects of the job, which has just been absolutely spectacular. And that's what I've been doing now for the past three years. And that is helping build out our capacities for volunteers to help engage and create further impact for our organization to save lives. So my day-to-day is all about networking, reaching out to different organizations, building programming, talking about ways that we can assist other organizations in capacity building. Because, you know, volunteers are a spectacular way of not only giving people a meaningful opportunity to help their community, but it also helps stretch your resources because a lot of folks operate on very limited funding and resources, and the more hands, the better. My daily life is the phone, planes, trains, and automobiles, (laughs) traveling, talking, and connecting. 
So when you're working on building this programming and interacting with people, what are the different types of volunteer roles that people can have within the organization that you would want to let them know about? This is an equation that is open-ended on both sides. You know, we continually look for opportunities to increase volunteer activity and engagement. So we create roles that are outside of your traditional animal welfare roles of just direct animal care. We have people that help us with, well, at the sanctuary, they can help us with maintenance projects, um, help us in the gift shop, help us with marketing and technology. And then also we have, oh goodness, I'd say about 6,000 to 6,500 volunteers that help with direct animal care, walking, feeding, cleaning, poop scooping. Mm -hmm. And then we have our Los Angeles and Salt Lake operations where they're pet adoption centers and spay-neuter clinics where people can absolutely volunteer in a variety of ways. And then we have events. We run one of the nation's largest dog walks called Strut Your Mutt, and that is a fundraising dog walk that we put on uh, once a year. And last year, it was 12 cities, 12 major cities, and all the money we raise goes back to the local groups that have signed up and participated in the strut. We have a national conference that we had uh, last year, I think we had 150 volunteers who contributed over 2,000 hours to make our conference an enormous success. So then that's one side of the equation. That's, you know, all of our offerings. And then on the other side of that equation, we always ask people, what talents and skills would you like to lend to the organization? Because it's, it's been my experience that sometimes when people are faced with, you know, they want to volunteer with an animal organization, sometimes they think that it's a very, in a very limited aspect. And I always like to do that call out to people to say, hey, what's your special talent and skill? Sometimes people can't do the hours or the physical aspects of volunteering with animals, but I've can promise you there is a need for people who have accounting skills and marketing skills, photography, writing. I always like to put that little jiggle in there too. So it sounds like it's a pretty wide variety of different skills and and personalities that you can have helping out. Oh, absolutely. And when we're talking to people who lead and run animal welfare organizations, the biggest thing that I like to get across is what is it that only you can do? save your time for that and have people help you with all of the other things because burnout is is a real thing. And sometimes people feel like, oh, a volunteer will never want to do this, so I need to do this too. And they end up exhausted all the time. So that's why I always like to put that plug in there for special talents and skills. And is there a certain time commitment that's required or is it just volunteer as little or as much as you can? Jenna, the the most valuable thing anybody can give you is their time. Mm -hmm. And what we like to do is make sure that we connect you with opportunities where you can feel like you've really contributed and that you've been impactful to the organization. So in that host of opportunities that we share, there are specific time commitments on some, and on Mm -hmm. some, they're really open, and we like to really 
tailor what that contribution looks like. Because, of course, we'll take as much time as you'll give, but we also know that people have lives too. Mm -hmm. So we like to keep that pretty much open-ended. So for those who are listening who are thinking about maybe getting involved, why would you say that this cause is so important to get involved with? To me, the animals are voiceless citizens who need us. They need us all day, every day to speak on their behalf and to help get them into a situation where they're out of imminent harm. There's so many different ways that animals end up in our nation's shelters. People lose their homes, they lose their jobs. Oh my gosh, the list is is long and wide on how animals end up in there. And sometimes all they need is just a little stopgap, mm-hmm. just a little a little place to rest in between their unfortunate situation and their new home. So, you know, I always urge volunteers foster, adopt, rescue, get these guys out of there, and then network, 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 and get them into homes. And if you don't have the capacity to do that, then absolutely lend your voice, your talent, your time to organizations that are doing that work because it only increases their opportunity for success. And we're running a little bit short on time, but I wanted to give you some time to share if you have any memorable stories of a volunteer, maybe a situation they went through, and how giving back changed their life. Do you have any stories like that? The one that just jumps to the top of my mind is we had this lovely couple come to our best friend's sanctuary here in southern Utah, and it was Nuria and Sebastian, and they were here from Barcelona, and they were here on a special mission. They came to volunteer, but they also came to meet the Victory Dogs. And as you know, we had taken in the remaining 22 ex-Michael Vick fighting dogs, which we appropriately renamed the Victory Dogs. And I was really, oh, so fortunate to run into them during their volunteering experience and was able to hook them up with those dogs. And they shared with me a story that was just incredible. They both worked for an animal protection agency in Barcelona, and they were actually following our rescue of these dogs. And they met us in Washington during that time as we were trying to work with the USDA and everyone involved to get the dogs, you know, released to our custody, which they were. Mm -hmm. Well, Nuria wrote a white paper on the connection between animal abuse and animal fighting and social distortion. And that white paper she holds as an integral component to having bullfighting banned in Catalonia. Hmm. So that just to me is like, here's this volunteer who's come and helped us in so many different ways. She helped us when we were in Washington. She helped us at the sanctuary. And then look at the ripple, the ripple effect of her work as she took that work forward and ended that awful inhumane practice in Catalonia. I mean, that just blew my mind. Hmm. Yeah, how it expands from just one region of our country into others. Absolutely. And that kindness to animals is really foundational to our integrity. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I don't know, thrilled to be able to do this work and welcome anyone who would like to come and join us. 
Absolutely. And they can reach us through veterans.org. You can follow all of the prompts to volunteer with us, whether it's at an event with our initiatives. We need people to trap, neuter, release. We need people in Salt Lake, LA, New York. I mean, we just, anyone who wants to join us, we would love to have you. And for those who are interested, as you said, the website is the best way to get in touch? That is the best way because that way you can look at all of the opportunities that are available and contact us that way. I would say it makes it the easiest way to get in touch with us. And with that, we will wrap up this episode of Volunteering At. We've been talking about Best Friends Animal Society with Patty Hegwood. Thanks again for joining me today, Patty. Oh, thank you, Jana. It's my pleasure. And as always, if you have feedback on this show or ideas for another episode of Volunteering At, email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter under at the LJN. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm Jenna Konar, and thanks for giving. Thanks for giving.